The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. Today, we're talking about spirit or what is called Shen in Chinese medicine. While going through a health journey or really any journey, I feel that this is often overlooked. It's our spiritual, emotional path. And I feel in Western society, we're kind of left feeling incomplete without guidance in this direction. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Lisa Welleschuk, who works with people to heal imbalances, helping to understand why these imbalances exist and to assist in the discovery of their true selves and the power to heal themselves. Dr. Lisa uses traditional Chinese medicine, esoteric acupuncture, German auricular medicine, laser therapy, and herbal medicine. She is a registered acupuncturist and graduate of the Alberta College of Acupuncture and Traditional Chinese Medicine, where she received diplomas in acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine, as well as from the University of Beijing for studies completed in China. She has 360 hours of training with Insight Counseling and Therapy Center and Joan Van Whalen Counseling Services and full certification in German auricular medicine through Vital Principal Institute, with whom she is currently an instructor. So, Dr. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I guess the first uh, thing we I just want to know is how you got involved in Chinese medicine in the first place. Well, I was living in New York, and I was experiencing some back pain, and a friend of mine said, oh, you should try acupuncture. So, we... Uh, found a wonderful acupuncturist. He was Chinese. And he helped my back so much, and he didn't speak English. So I was just amazed at how inserting needles in the body could have such a profound effect. And But when I asked him how it worked, he couldn't communicate with me because he didn't speak English. So it was this mystery to me how acupuncture worked. So I started researching it, and... I saw that it was quite a complex medicine. And I thought, well, in order to really understand this medicine, I think I'm just going to have to start studying it. So um, I was also living in Paris, France, and I did a year of TCM in Paris, and I realized, okay, now I have a, a really good enough understanding to pursue it. And I pursued it. Uh, so after you study Chinese medicine, what drew you to study counseling on top of that? Well, one of the reasons I was so drawn to Chinese medicine is the holistic aspect of it. And people talk about holistic medicine, um, but and what we have to remember what it really means, it's not seeing any part of the body in isolation. It's seeing it as a whole. So... You can't just treat the physical body. You have to treat the physical and the mental and emotional and spiritual all together in order so, for there to be true healing. Well, I guess that, um, you know, my next question was how much of your practice does focus on the emotional and spiritual healing? And I guess you answered that, that you can't treat one without the other. That's, that's correct, yeah. That's absolutely yeah. correct. And it was interesting. I don't, you know... Learning about all this, the journey of learning about all this, of course, you know, we have ourselves as the best experiment, right? And our own beings and our own bodies and our own journeys and our own physical health and emotional health. And going to college and learning about, like, tongue and pulse diagnosis, 
right? I was so fascinated about it. I thought, wow, you can, you can look at the tongue and see what's going on in the internal state. And I was looking at my tongue constantly. Like every time I went to the bathroom, I was sticking my tongue out in the mirror to look at what it was. And it, was, it changed all the time. And I noticed the biggest changes were with my emotional state. Did you ever notice that? Yes, because it's definitely something that's more fluid than the physical. Yeah. Yeah, we change all and the I, time. And yeah. I would notice changes in my pulse, and I was amazed at how the moment I got emotionally stressed, my tongue and pulse would change for the worse, right? Mm-hmm. It was pathological. And then when I was feeling emotionally better, my tongue and pulse would change for the better instantly. And I thought, wow. This yeah. Is right? Yeah, so really... Well, it really solidified for me the impact of the emotional on the physical body and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with what you do, I, I mean, it's quite complicated how you approach things. I mean, it's not just the traditional acupuncture anymore. Um, you know, can you explain why you, you have incorporated all these other aspects into your practice to focus on this? Well, I was, um, really drawn to German auricular medicine because of the diagnostic tool of the ear. So um, the oracle is the ear, and um, it. I basically started about 10 years ago when I first heard uh, a German medical doctor speak at a symposium. And this was developed, this medicine, actually ear acupuncture was discovered by a French medical doctor, and his name is Paul Nogier. And he discovered the map of the ear. He started in 1951. He mapped it until 1959. And then he presented it at an international medical symposium for the first time. So this is not a Chinese discovery. It's actually a French discovery, European and in 1959, the Chinese saw the map of the ear for the first time. They'd never seen it before. And they took it back to China, and they ran with it. They developed it in their own way. But since then, the, um, Paul Nogier, his student, was Frank Barr, who's also a medical doctor. So remember that these are, these are medical doctors. In Germany, you become a medical doctor first, and then you perform acupuncture, right? And they developed this medicine over the past 60 years, right? And they have hyper-developed it as a medicine. And they've used, and because they're medical doctors, they have medical imagery um, techniques available to them. So um, they've done studies with functional MRIs, um, actually proving some of the points on the ears that they are what they say they are by actually taking an MRI of the brain. So stimulating them and, you know, stimulating the right thumb area of the ear and taking a functional MRI and seeing the right thumb area of the brain light up, right? And I liked it because there was so much science behind it, but I also liked it because of the holistic aspect. So the ear has everything on it. It's a map of the brain. So it, as the brain has the whole body mapped, right, the Medical doctors have mapped the entire body, so there's the arms and the legs and all the internal organs, and it's very much based in Western anatomy, right? But they have the emotional points on the ear, right? So there's anxiety, frustration, depression, sadness, and, I mean, it's always, they usually identify them because we're, we're looking for... Um, the pathological point where the energy is blocked, right? So, but they have the emotional points on the ear. They're all there. So in itself, it is a, a holistic hologram of the system, which I was very drawn to. So they have a technique where they can use the ear diagnostically, um, where the ear can be scanned using the pulse, and the activity of the points can be gauged. So it's the person's body, not their mind or what they think is going on. It's actually their body saying, this is what's relevant. This is what's important. This is what we need to address today. 
Um, well, I, I think I, I can see where that would be um, more helpful because often we, you know, we have pain in one place, but we don't realize that, you know, it's coming from something further away, right? You know, pain in your neck could be from your foot uh, or your posture. And so just as an example, so the, it, it's nice to have that that map so that you can find where the root cause is coming from instead of treating the, the symptoms. And sometimes the root cause is the physical, right? And the emotional aspect shows up as support. You know, the person is emotionally distressed because of all the physical pain. And sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes people come in with physical pain, but when we scan the air, it's actually the emotions that come up as the root cause, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be valuable to know what to focus on. Yeah, whether your your emotion, your anxiety is coming just because you've been sick for so long or the other way around, the anxiety is causing the physical symptoms. Yeah. So one of the reasons why I was drawn to doing this specific show is because of my own experiences with being ill. I was so uncomfortable with my own body when I was sick. I was in pain. I was fatigued. I, you know, I mean, the pain was systemic. It was everywhere. And it was constant, you know, waxing and waning only between levels of pain, not ever going away. So I, try, I spent a lot of time trying to avoid how I was feeling. Um, that involved disconnecting. From my body, you know, I'd watch TV or I'd play mindless games just so that I wouldn't feel what was going on, which was, you know, it was a survival technique. But when I started to get better, I realized I couldn't do that anymore or I wouldn't ever achieve wellness. So, um, you know, I had to find a way to get myself back to being who I am. And I and I don't want to say, you know, who I was, because we don't ever go back. But um, there, you know, is a, a journey forward to um, after an illness to figure out who you are now. And um, it was very difficult to regroup my emotions, my relationships and my friendships and all these feelings that I hadn't felt in a long time. And um, I think it's something that, that doesn't get addressed a lot that, um, you know, when you're ill, this does happen. So do you see this this disconnection a lot in your practice with people who are experiencing a lot or even just in, in general? Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it tends to happen more with people who experience chronic pain because, you know, people can sometimes deal with acute pain because um, they know it's, it doesn't last very long, so um, you know they can go into the pain, and, and and then it starts to shift, right? So it's like, okay, this is shifting. I'm going to be all right. But when there's chronic pain, it's constant pain, right? And sometimes there's not a break from it, right? So sometimes when people get <clears throat> breaks from it, they can deal with it better. But when there's not a break from it, the dissociation becomes a survival mechanism. It's like, how, I'm in, how am I going to wake up every day and live with this pain? Right? Or how am I going to get through the night because I'm not sleeping because I have so much physical pain? Right? So one of the survival mechanisms is, and this is actually, it's true for the physical, but it's also true for people who experience emotional trauma um, in it's part it can be part of post traumatic stress disorder is that people are, are not in their bodies they're not you're it's actually possible to completely disconnect um not completely but to an extent from your physical and emotional body so you don't feel it and there's like a numbing out that can happen you know and, and actually i've had quite a few people with chronic pain say that they just you know sit and play mindless video games because that's all they can do and it takes their mind off the off the pain and they find um coping techniques to so that they don't um have to feel their body right so i guess this this is where a lot of people say they're on autopilot in their life and then they kind of come to a realization that they were just going through the motions but not actually engaging in in what was happening they were just getting up in the morning eating breakfast going to work you know doing the things they were supposed to do but not having any um passion about them or enjoyment in them absolutely because you know don't forget 
our emotional body, yes, we have the uncomfortable emotions there, but we have the, the polarity. You know, there's always the yin and yang in every, of everything. And the other side of the dis- uncomfortable emotions is joy and the spontaneity and the, the, the laughter and the creativity. And, and when we cut ourselves off from our emotions, then we also cut ourselves off from that. And that is where a lot of our contentment in life is. And we can also, our physical body is what contains our spiritual self. So when we, our spiritual self is our compass. It's our uh, our guiding mechanism through life. And when we cut ourselves off from our physical body, we also cut ourselves off from that guiding mechanism. And all of a sudden, life can feel meaningless, right? We don't yeah. have the joy. We don't have the guiding mechanism. But it's understandable that people do it because they're just trying to survive the pain. Right. Yeah. So um, we're going to take a quick break. Um, Today we're speaking with Dr. Elisa Wallace-Chuck. We're talking about the disconnection that you can feel um, when you're in pain or going through chronic illness and how to find your way back from that. Um, We're going to be back shortly after this break. If you have any questions about this show, you can send us an email at anantacalgary at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Twitter, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, We'll be back shortly with Dr. Elisa Wallace-Chuck. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at VoiceAmericaTRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN or follow along with us at VoiceAmericaTRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo. To bust through the myths about feeding your baby, Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk, and today I'm here with Dr. Lisa Wellischuk. We're talking about the disconnect that you can feel when you are um, going through chronic illness or chronic pain, um, just as a survival mechanism. But to um, rediscover yourself and to find your way back is um, one thing, is our focus today. So, um, Dr. Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about how Chinese medicine sees the spirit and sees this disconnection as well? Sure. Um, Chinese medicine, the word that they use for spirit is shen, S-H-E-N. And literally, like the actual literal translation of shen is mind. But they don't mean the mind in our head. They don't mean our brain. They call it the heart mind, right? So they say the spirit resides in the heart 
But the shun also has the, the mental, um, emotional, and spiritual aspects of a person, again, holistically. So every organ, um, every organ has a physical, uh, emotional, and a spiritual aspect. So they say the shun resides in the heart, but every organ um, is participatory in that. Okay? Um, and, and it's because Chinese medicine sees things um, holistically. There can also be like a hologram. So when you look at one part of it, you know that all parts are similar. right? So I was always fascinated looking at the different organ systems and seeing the different aspects of them, um, not just the physical. So in Chinese medicine, the element of the heart is fire. And the emotional aspect of that would be hatred or rejection or aversion. And it's interesting because when we study Chinese medicine, we, we were always taught the pathology right what what the disease state is what the unnatural state is right um we didn't focus interestingly a lot on what the actual healthy balance state is and in order to achieve a healthy balance state you, you have to know actually what it is first right and i've was really i've been so lucky to um train with some gifted qigong teachers and they speak a lot more of the, the balanced part of these organs as opposed to the unbalanced part, right? So again, one of the main principles in Chinese medicine is the yin and the yang, the two polarities, the two opposing forces. You can imagine them almost like two sides of a coin, right? And the heart, you know, if it's out of balance, the emotion of the heart can be hatred and rejection and aversion, but in balance, the actual original energy of the heart is love and acceptance, right? And you can imagine that. And the liver, the element of the liver is wood, right? So when it's in balance, um, the liver resonates with kindness and compassion. But when it's out of balance, um, there can be anger or frustration or irritability. And the, the kidneys resonate with water. And when the kidneys are in balance and the water element is in balance, there's intuitive wisdom, right? You can imagine that, you know, water being like the ocean, that intuitive wisdom is like jumping into the ocean. You have access to everything, right? And when it's out of balance and you're disconnected and you don't, have that access to the ocean of intuitiveness, there can be fear and anxiety, right? And that makes sense too. Um, The lung is the metal element, and when the lung is in balance, there's this innate sense of self-worth and value, and it's it's like the appreciation of beauty in nature, like in a flower, and recognizing that that innate perfection and beauty also occurs within yourself and everyone around you. That's lung energy. That's metal energy. And when that's out of balance, there can be grief or sadness, right? It's like a loss. Although I have seen clinically, you know, because there's also the appropriate... um, time to express something like grief or sadness when you lose a lot you know you lose a loved one right you're going to appropriately grieve and it's healthy to grieve it's healthy to be sad right and if you don't grieve at the time that you need to grieve well then that emotion gets caught up in 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 the body not always the lungs but often the lungs will come up um and 10 20 years later the lungs are still congested because of the grief, right? So it's very healthy to express emotions. Anger, for example, is not always negative. Anger is a, an appropriate response to injustice, right? When we see injustice in the world, we can feel that, right? 
The last so, organ. Were you going to say something, Rebecca? No, go ahead. You can finish. The last organ um, is the digestive system, which is the spleen stomach. And um, the element for that is earth. Um, when it's in balance, um, it's it's the the emotion or feeling a feeling that resonates with it is trust. Right? And when it's out of balance, there can be feelings of distrust or worry. You know, people who worry, they can. It's almost like they you know, I, <laughs> physically. I actually um, often have people come in saying that they feel a gnawing feeling in their stomach, and. And I've had people tell me that they worry a lot and they actually develop a stomach ulcer. Right? Um, that's one example of where the emotional can affect the physical. Um, it's almost like they have a difficulty digesting life, right? Because if there's not that innate trust, then things could go wrong, right? So, but it's always important to know that if someone's experiencing a lot of, you know, people can be a little constitutional where. If you ask a person, okay, if you would think about, you know, we all have all the emotions because we all have all of the organs, right? But if you would think about in your life the top one or two emotions that you have felt the most, everyone will be able to tell you the top one or two if you look at those five emotions, right? So some people will say, oh, fear and anxiety for sure, or sadness, or anger, right? But you have to remember that if there's a lot of, fear and anxiety present, like if you've experienced a lot of that in your life, well, that's the, the, the energy. It's kidney energy, right? It's the energy of the kidney. It's the building blocks. It's the same energy as that intuitive wisdom, right? It's like the more anxiety there is, the more potential for that intuitive connectedness. And often the people who come in who've experienced a lot of anxiety, they're extremely intuitive, right? Extremely intuitive. It's like a clay that you can um, massage to get to the other side of the coin. People who have experienced a lot of anger, they have huge compassion, like huge, huge capacity for compassion and kindness. I've seen that over and over again. Right? So it's almost like at a certain point, it can become a choice to massage the energy to get to the other side of the coin. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. I also with what you were saying before about you know with the grief and the lungs and you have to express the emotion. Um, I think that that goes to what is causing the disconnect as well because some people. I mean, I wasn't experiencing the pain that I was going through because it was too overwhelming, but um, it, it was probably not appropriate at that time for me to. Um, but you know, at some point, I had to go through that process. And I think if you have acute pain and you feel it and you go through it and it goes away in the timely manner, that would be more appropriate. But when these things become more chronic, that's where we would cause that it causes that disharmony in the organs and that disconnect because we don't always want to experience it and feel it. And also when there's chronic pain, it's absolutely exhausting. Yeah. Like it's exhausting. You know, um, when you're in survival mode, it's, you don't even have the energy to think about, you know, oh, I'm going to connect to love and compassion today. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't even get out of bed. Right. Yeah. If the body is um, so consumed, all the energy is going just to make it through the day. There's no extra energy to process difficult emotions, to have understanding, to journal, to, you know, there's not the headspace, but there's not the mental clarity or headspace to have kind of higher thoughts like that. So do you, do you find that it's important to um, focus on the physical first to get that more grounded before you approach those bigger emotions and th those deeper seated things? Like, it, I mean, I, I know with me, it would, would have been difficult to experience a lot when physically I didn't feel so good. Absolutely. What is it? What's that? Is it Maslow's hierarchy? I think Where so. At the yeah. bottom of the triangle, you have the physical survival, right? So if you're in physical survival, that's where all your energy goes, right? 
And as you go up the triangle and your, your survival needs are taken care of, then there's more energy to go, for, you know, use towards emotional and spiritual development, right? And, well, then it goes to community and connecting with others, right? Which are relationships and self-development. But if those basic survival needs are not taken care of, that's where all the energy goes. And absolutely, if someone is in acute chronic or acute pain or chronic pain, the physical body needs to be supported first. Before and other than that, all the emotional tools are more coping mechanisms to get through the pain, as opposed to true healing. Right? Does that make sense? It, it does, and I think that they're not—they're um, more the emotions and disharmony as well, because it's often, uh, you know, observe people say, "Oh, you know, my." As an example, my mother-in-law is in a lot of pain and she's very selfish. They'll say something like that, which I, I think is not really what's happening, but more that that person would be in a survival mode. So the emotions aren't truly what they would be because they they can't connect them properly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, um, like earlier, when we were talking about how emotions can affect the physical organs, well... It goes both ways, right? So if someone is sick and they, like, you know, for example, if someone gets hepatitis, right? It's a viral infection that attacks the liver, right? The liver becomes inflamed. It starts, it's, it, it's not functioning properly. A lot of people with hepatitis, not always, because you can't, nothing, you can't put everything in a box, right? But I frequently see that they have short tempers. They can get irritable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same, um, let's have another example. So a menopausal woman, right? She's going through hormonal changes that are rocking her world, right? Her hormones yeah. are roller coastering, right? And because her hormones have, any woman, just because of her experience with her menstrual cycle, most women have at least once or twice, if not more often, experienced in life emotionally um, being off balance because of hormonal changes. And that is, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can meditate for six hours that day. (laughs) (laughs) Which might just keep you away from everybody, but you might still be (laughs) irritated. (laughs) And the moment your hormones balance again, you feel fine, right? So that's, that's an example of the physical affecting the, um, the physical affecting the, the emotional. And remember with chronic pain, Chronic pain can cause depression, right? Because, and remember with chronic pain, after three months, um, chronic pain becomes a habit in the brain, right? So nerves that um, fire together, wire together, right? So this is a physical, you have to imagine two little neurons in the brain. Um, when they fire together and join and they make a nerve pathway, it's more likely that they fire together again, right? So we can become very habitual, Right, and it, that goes for us and against us. We can create good habits, but we can also create bad habits, and that's why sometimes bad habits are hard to break. Right? We're um, going to take a, a quick break here, and when we come back, I want to talk about how we can change those um, bad habits that the brain has set up for us. And we're speaking today with Dr. Lisa Wallace Chuck, uh, who's a doctor of Chinese medicine and focuses on the the spirit and emotional aspect of the physical and pain um, that we are experiencing. And we're discussing how to find your way back to connect with yourself after chronic illness or chronic pain. If you have any questions about today's show, you can send us an email at anantacalgary at gmail.com or you can um, message us on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back shortly after this break. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. If you aren't tuning in to the Health Cure Show, there's something wrong with you. No, I mean there is really something wrong with you. Each week, host Nicholas St. John emphasizes one key word, prevention. What you need to do to stay healthy, and more importantly, how. 
you'll learn about fascinating research and new protocols for healthcare that you'll want to take back to your doctor, as well as share with your family, friends, and co-workers. Take charge of your health. Tune in Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Hi, I'm John Rainey, Chief Financial Officer of United Airlines, and I'm honored to be the National Chair for the 2015 March for Babies campaign for the March of Dimes. United is a proud supporter of the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Please join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit marchofdimes.org. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. And I'm here today with Dr. Lisa Welleschuk. We're talking about that physical and spiritual emotional connection, disconnection that you can feel after going through a chronic illness or chronic pain. So Dr. Lisa, right before the break, you talked about how, um, you know, after three months, a certain pain or, or um, et cetera, can become a habit for your brain. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit more? Yes. So it's actually... Um it's actually physical. Um, again, neurons that fire together wire together and are more likely to wire together again. So um, imagining two neurons, they, they connect, they create a pathway. Well, the more a pathway is used, the more likely it is to become a habit. So after three months of experiencing pain, all of a sudden that pathway becomes ingrained. Right? It becomes a, like, it's like a trough, like it, it becomes um, engraved into the brain a little bit. And it, a, a lot, it's hard to say how much of the pain is neurological in the brain for chronic pain and how much is actually physical. It might change from person to person. Um, but definitely after three months, it, it becomes a habit in the brain, a neurological habit, right? And um, actually, it's very interesting. In, Statistics Canada, Canadian statistics, 10% of males 12 and over experience chronic pain. They say they experience chronic pain. This is 12 years old and over, 1 in 10. 15% of females 12 and over say that they experience chronic pain. Um, And then over the age 65 and over, for males it goes um, up to 17% and females 24%. That's a lot of people that they experience chronic pain, right? So, like, um, you know, again, there are a few ways, because that works against us. It's in the limbic brain where that happens, right? Um, That works against us, but it can also work for us, right? So, um, I, I really, really believe in using meditation as a tool, Right. Um, the the subconscious is is just that it's not in our conscious mind, right? Um, it's out of our awareness, right? Um, many of our difficult emotions can rise from the subconscious mind, um, and meditation and visualization are like cause normally the subconscious and the conscious don't meet directly. Like we can't just talk to our subconscious mind and say, "What's going on? Why are you so emotional?" <laughs> Um, if we could, we would, right? But meditation and, and journeying using visualization is a language that both the conscious and the subconscious speak, right? Um, our subconscious speaks to us a lot in dreams, right? 
And again, it's using that the visualization and the feelings and the dreams our subconscious can speak to us and and let us know what's going on with us and also potentially what action we need to take in order to heal what's going on. Right? It's the way the subconscious speaks to us. So um, um, using meditation visualization and also really paying attention to dreams and journaling dreams that you experience is profound. There's a lot of information in dreams from the subconscious. So how does somebody go about to, um, you know, find that connection again? Um, going, we, you know, we always get by with a little help from our friends, right? So um, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of self-work and self-introspection. It's about being, you know, being, a, you know, the work you do on yourself is being aware of... Um, Watching yourself in the day, you know, what didn't feel good? You know, what, why, ask yourself, why, why did I react like that in that situation? Why did I get upset? Why did I get anxious and fearful, right? Why could there's, you know, I could have had any response in that situation. Why, why was that my default, right? Start journaling how you feel, watching yourself, tracking yourself, right? Self-aware, tracking dreams, right? But, you know, help from our friends is, um, you know, I really, I love going to meditation groups. I know of a extremely gifted teacher. Um, his name is uh, uh, Mark Terrell, and he does, he's written many books, so people who don't live in Calgary can read his books. Um, he does workshops and courses out of Calgary. Um, I'm going to give his email address. Should I do that now or later? You can do that after. Yeah. After? Um the, the, I've been working in the, this group for many, many years, and having the support of the group with such a gifted teacher um, is um, is so, 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 so helpful, right? Because he can guide the process and give us different techniques that we can work on on our own, um, work on in meditation in the morning, help us, you know, we can bring issues to the group. When we are struggling, it's nice to have support from um, like-minded people, right? So if you feel comfortable in groups, it's it, it's very nice to work in a group but there's also working with individual people right well i can see i can see where that would be helpful because if you've you know cut yourself off from what's going on in your body you're not going to be aware of what's going on so you might need somebody just to kind of guide you into how to see that again or you know share their observations so that you can find your way down that path you know, it, it's we're not meant to do things on our own, um, which I think is why we live in societies. So I, I can see the value in that. Yeah, absolutely. Some things we can access and see on our own, and you're right, some things we can't. And I think it's because so much of our psyche is in the subconscious, right? And, yeah. Uh, and we, we, we do need help. Yeah. So... Um, you do the meditation. How do you see people come come out of, um, you know, their journeys when they're doing this for a long time? What is the result for them with all this? You know, we talked about all the disharmonies in the organs, but um, what happens when we um, kind of connect ourselves to where our disharmonies are the most? Well, it's interesting because, you know, that disassociation, um, that we can have, and you, you were speaking about it yourself, about how, you know, when you came back into your body, you had to go into all the difficult emotions. And it's, it's going into them. You go through them, right? And on the other side is a healed state, right? It's that other side of the coin. So um, when people do do that emotional healing, um, they connect with themselves. They, you know, without... When we avoid our difficulty, we're actually avoiding ourselves. And when we go through our difficulty, we go, we go through it. You know, sometimes it feels like we're going into it and getting lost in it, but we're actually not. We're going through it. And on the other side, we connect with who we really are, which is really the other side of that coin. So is this where um, people would be able to, you know, take their, their trauma or their pain or whatever it is and um, find, you know, peace with it and be able to um, share it easier and live with it easier and that 
that sort of end point. Yes. Yeah. So there's the point of acceptance, right? Yeah. Um, but there's also the point of, 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 of when it's processed enough, we can actually completely let it go. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know that this sort of topic is very difficult in our society. There's a lot of taboo around, um, you know, even being emotional. Um, you know, we, it's not accepted really to have emotions or to share them or to be comfortable with them. So do you see that affecting people as well, being able to find their way through that? Because there's no, um, it's not acceptable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because... I mean, we're not, we're not given the message in society that it's okay to be emotional, right? And it's like there's no permission to be emotional. So when we come out of our mothers and when we're babies, when we're born, we come out kicking and screaming and yelling and, and immediately we're hushed. It's like, shh, 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 don't cry, shh, 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 baby, baby, don't cry, shh, 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 right? And sometimes we just need to cry. Right, um, yeah. and when we're kids, we're told it's not okay to get mad. Right, and it's not that it's not okay to get mad. The message should be it's okay to get mad, but maybe just not in the middle of Safeway on the floor. And you know. <laughs> so it's right. like, you know, you can. It's okay to get mad, but don't hurt yourself, don't hurt others, and don't destroy property. Right, like there's an appropriate yeah. way to get right. So emotional health. So when we don't know what to do with an emotion because we are told emotions aren't good, right? I think maybe that's another reason we have so much difficulty feeling them is because we're mm-hmm. told over, like, if not consciously, then subconsciously that they're not good. We all think that they're not good, right? Where on the other side of that coin is something so good, right? And when, when we have an uncomfortable emotion, we don't know what to do with it, and we think it's uncomfortable because we think it's not good. And when we don't know what to do with it, we have a couple of options. We disassociate from it. So we just put it outside of ourselves and say, oh, you know what? That's, I'm not really feeling that. No, I'm not really feeling that. Right? I'm just going to not feel that. <laughs> and, and, or we can, or we suppress it. Right? So dissociation is taking it outside of yourself and, or removing yourself from it. Suppression is stuffing it in. Right? It's like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't want to feel this. I don't know what to do with this. I don't have any tools to deal with this. So I'm just going to stuff it in. And it can either go into a hip or an intestine or a knee or the specific organs that we spoke about tend to resonate with those emotions, right? So grief will go into the lungs, right? And um, 20 years later, if it's not processed, emo- if it's not processed, that grief will still be there, right? 20 years later, it'll still be there. So it's so healthy when you're grieving something to feel it in the moment. So what is the healthy response? What is emotional health? Emotional health is allowing that emotion to rise up, to feel it, to experience it, to be okay with it, and then just, it'll decrescendo. It crescendos, you experience it, and then it decrescendos and it's gone. And you've processed that emotion. And only when you've processed the emotion can you let it go, right? It's important not to get caught up in the emotion and, and you know, wallow in it for too long, right? But if you just follow the net, it's an energy. Emotions are energy that we form into a, a, you know, a certain feeling and we experience the energy and it passes through us like a wave and it's gone, right? That's emotional yeah. That's a That's a beautiful way of, of saying it that we... Um, just that crescendo of, you know, it's here, I'm experiencing, and then it goes. Because, I, I mean, I can see we've all had experiences where we're, you know, you're at work and somebody says something, and you can't just, you know, if you're irritated, you can't just say it to them. So um, we don't always have that opportunity, but we have to find a way to process it in some way. Otherwise, it can cause us harm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So um, now you you mentioned that you wanted to give um, the information for your your teacher Mark Terrell. Yes. Yes. So um, he has courses in Calgary, and he has books that you can buy at Amazon Kindle. I think he has it all on his website. So his website is author Mark Terrell T E R R E L L dot com. 
And he's really, sincerely, one of the most gifted teachers I've ever come across. Um, it's, it's quite phenomenal. I've experienced healing and transformation with the tools, because he, he gives tools to people to empower them to heal themselves, which I believe is true healing. Yeah, you have to do it yourself, but sometimes you need the guidance on how to get there. Yeah. Right. So um, now if anybody has any questions, is there any way that they can get in touch with you? Sure, absolutely. My email address is l-w-e-l-e-s at telus.net. L-w-e-l-e-s Okay, thank you. So thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Lisa. This was a, a very enlightening show. That's so. my point. It was really nice to speak with you. It's a, it's a subject that um, I'm passionate about, so it was really, really nice to speak to you about it. Great, thank you. So we're... Um, uh, we're going to end the show today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you. Uh, we've been speaking with Dr. Lisa Wellis-Chuck about um, spiritual, emotional, and physical healing and finding the connection after being disconnected after a long illness or pain. Um, if you have any questions about this show, you can send us an email at anantacalgary at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear your comments or questions. Um, please uh, join us next week um, to to, um, to hear our show and thank you for listening and make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 